Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. It's The Middle with Anthony Weiner. I'm Anthony Weiner, and thank you for meeting me in the middle. Our every Saturday at 2, when we take some steps away from the hot takes of the far left and the far right, and we try to bring some context to the news of the week or a subject that doesn't find its way into the middle of the conversation enough. I am so grateful you're along. They say the two elements of gratitude are one, Affirming that I'm very lucky to be here, lucky to have you along, and also the second part, to give credit where it's due. I'm joined here by Rich on the other side of the glass, and Ryan taking your calls, and Kevin supervising things. And, of course, John Katzenatidis, who you just heard on with Steve Moore, for giving us all the opportunity to be here. It's a beautiful day outside, a little bit chilly. This is the time of year we start to think about the end of the baseball season, and so there's plenty to keep an eye on on that front, obviously. And... Um, this was a great week, by the way, at, uh, when we're done here on the middle at uh, 3 o'clock, Curtis Lee comes in. You can hear us anywhere on the globe at the WABCradio.com app. You can hear us all up and down the eastern seaboard, half the country probably, the most powerful radio station in the country. And you can always hear this uh, show as a podcast on the Red Apple Podcast Network. That's also where you can find the other podcast I do called Keys to the City, where we take an issue each week. Try to think about some sober answers, some middle-of-the-ground answers. This week, episode 11, we talk a little bit about the education budget in New York City and why the heck it's Albany that controls it. I'm at Rep Wiener is my Twitter handle, wienerwabc at gmail.com. It's been a, a great week. Um, got a lot of feedback. I was on with Bernie and Sid this week with Sid as Bernie is still out. and it's His voice is Missing, we all uh, praying for him. Uh, that show was doing amazingly well. Sid and I had a, a great conversation. Sid and I come from kind of similar backgrounds, both kind of Brooklyn. He lives in Rockaway. I represented Rockaway. We both had kind of a a rocky kind of uh, path to where we are today, but are doing very well now. And um, it was great to spend some time with him. As I mentioned, this is uh, the tail end of the baseball season. It's an exciting season. The Aaron Judge watches on. A lot of you get this broadcast as a streaming, um, as a, a podcast. And so if you're listening to me in the middle of the week and something happens since we went off the air, oh, my God, wasn't that amazing? Otherwise, I'll let you know if anything happens while we're on the air. Um, but as much as we're watching Aaron DeGrom, Albert Pujols, 700 home runs yesterday, that guy keeps going. I don't know why he's retiring. I mean, he's chugging along. It's a little strange not to see him doing it in a Cardinals uniform. And DeGrom, I mean, I think now we can safely say – the most dominant pitcher 
maybe in history, right? He got his 40th straight start giving up three runs or less. You know, that is a, a record that has stood since 1914. You know what happened in 1914? They started keeping track of how many runs pitchers were, were giving up. He is He has done three runs or less more times than uh, a 40 straight starts. That's never happened since 1914. So it's a great time. The Mets have clinched the playoffs, but the, the Yankees, because of today's activities, their magic number is four. Uh, I'm, I, the, finally, the Yankees seem to ride the ship. And since you and I all met last on the Sunday after our last Saturday show, the, the Jets, Giants, Mets, and Yankees all won the same day. That doesn't happen every day. Speaking of Jordan, Jordan um, getting off to a little bit of a rocky start in junior high school. Um, he, he was called into the principal's office twice this week in his little, in his emo school. Um, neither thing terrifically of note, but you don't want to get called in your first week of school. And uh, the thing about Jordan, he's going through a, you know, he's 10 and a half years old. So obviously when you're 10 and a half, you think you know it all. And he's got a little bit of a smart aleck in him. I wonder where he got that from. Um, and, but he is, when he gets in trouble, you can tell it gets to him. Like he doesn't like it. He doesn't like being at the other end of lectures. And so, uh, whom and I are not going too hard on him, just trying, hopefully he'll straighten up and fly right. Nothing terrible. Nothing terrible. Uh, if you'd like to get in the conversation today, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And um, be glad to join you in, in the conversation. Let's get to some of the – well, before we get to the numbers of the week, I got to, I have – you know, sometimes I get on here and I say everyone is making too big a deal out of something that I've heard on the station all week. You know, let's call this one of the first numbers. Let's call it number one. That's the number of debates that Governor Kathy Hochul has agreed with to to uh, with Lee Zeldin, Congressman Lee Zeldin. She's running for governor here in the state of New York. A lot of you are from out of town. I'm so, but this is Kathy. Can we have a word, you and me? I mean, this is really starting to to piss me off. You know, this is not a Democrat Republican thing. Nobody knows who you are. You know, you you got elected in a special election. You didn't even serve a second term, and you've been lieutenant governor ever since. I will eat this table if five people in the whole city know who the lieutenant governor is. I barely even knew 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 who you were. Part of what goes on in a campaign is you go out and you debate. That's what you do. That's You're not like someone who's been around for 100 years. See, all the voters know me. They can decide. We don't know who you are. Debates are one of the ways we learn. This is what happens. You go out and you debate. I don't understand this idea of, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to. I'm going to have one debate, and it's going to be at 2 o'clock in the morning on a TV station no one gets. I mean, I'm here. You know, we, we, we do this thing left versus right, and I know there's a lot of Republicans here, whatever it is. This is not a partisan thing. I'm a Democrat. I'm probably going to vote for you. Okay, I'm probably going to vote for Kathy Hochul. But the fact that, you, you know, this I won't debate is not a just something that you're doing. You're not taking – you're not – that's not something you're doing to Lee Zeldin. That's something you're doing to all of us. Part of campaigning for governor and getting elected governor is doing debates and no one knows you. And that reminds me of something. By the way, you say you want the job. This is the job. Debating at a campaign time is the job. Standing up on a stage and letting someone ask you questions is the job. I mean, you want the job, right? You want to be elected in your own right. This is it. So part of that is doing debates. 
When you look up the definition of being an elected official, it means standing up, frankly, all year long, but definitely at campaign time and letting people ask you questions. That's what it means. You. That's what it means to, to get the job. You say, here's I want the job. I announced that I want the job. It doesn't mean putting a bunch of ads on TV and then hiding under your desk. That's not the job. When you're the governor of the state of New York, people ask you tough things. People demand answers to things. And by the way, debates today, they cannot be safer places. You're not going to get hurt. Nothing's going to happen to you if you have this debate. Answers are 15 seconds, 20 seconds. They're the, the, the people asking the questions are all pontificating more than anything else. But if you think you want to be a governor, you've got to have these. This is part of the job. And I'm a Democrat. It's it, I'm a Democrat. And the other thing is, what are you afraid of, for God's sakes? You're the guy... You're running against the guy who, who 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 wanted to overturn the will of all New Yorkers by overturning the election. You're talking about a guy who's in favor of 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 uh, of abandoning abortion. Go out and make the case. You're not just you're not just defending him. You're not just taking some shot at Republicans by not doing it. You're you're. What about we Democrats who want someone to be there to 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 to, to state the case? You know, when I was in Congress, we passed Obamacare. Obamacare was unpopular. In my conservative Glendale, in the Rockaways, in Broad Channel, do you think that was popular? I had 15, I think, 17 town hall meetings. I was running against a guy named Bob Turner. I was going to beat him. It was a tough year, but I was going to beat him. I, I was debating him all over the place. And by the way, I don't want to hear when my consultants say don't do it. Yeah, that, you're the governor, for God's sakes. Of course consultants are going to say do it. They want to put another $50 million of ads on TV. It's your job. Show some leadership. Say to your consultants, I don't care. I can take this guy. I have the better positions. I can beat him. He's kicking my butt on his TV commercials. I'm kicking my butt, his butt on mine. That's not poly- That's not doing the job. What are you afraid of? Get up there and debate him. Take him on. If you can't think of the answers, I'll come to debate prep and help you with the answers. I'm an honest to Betsy. I mean, it's just not, this is just not the way it works. And maybe it's not just you. All right, you say, well, why are you picking on me? Talking to Kathy Hochul now. I'm Anthony Weiner. Why are you picking on me? Republicans do the same thing. Ron DeSantis is doing the same thing. Fetterman's doing the same thing. Yeah, if I lived in their districts or their states, I'd be yelling at them. I don't like them doing it either. Politics is not just raising a whole bunch of money, buying more TV commercials than the other guy, and then hiding if you think you're ahead. That's not that's not the job. That's not politics. That's not doing it right. And sometimes people around here get upset about the worst things. This one, you should be upset about. These people should be more upset about this. And it should be something that Democrats are upset about, too. You know, I come from the fighting wing of the Democratic Party. I think that we should believe in stuff. I'm not the fringe. I'm not like the far left or the far, or whatever it is. But I do believe at the very core of what it means to 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 be a person who's active in politics is to say, let's get both people up there debating. Let's watch what happens. And she's not doing it. And I think it's wrong. I mean, I'm still going to I guess I'm still going to vote for I'm not going to vote for Lee Zeldin. But honestly, I mean, I, this has bugged me so much. And, I, you know, you know, what got me started on this last week. I'm on with with my friend Curtis Lee. We do this thing left versus right, and we really don't disagree about a lot. So we agree with a lot of things. He takes a run at 
at Democratic politicians, I'm expected to defend them. And he's saying, he's like, well, this is crazy. And I'm like, okay, another one of these issues. And I started to think about it. You know, this is not another one of those issues. This is at the very foundation of it all is two people standing up, saying what they have to say and letting the chips, letting see people see. Oh, and I have one other thing to say about this, and this is not the subject of the show, so I'm going to run out of time in the first block, but this is not the subject of the show. i am just got to be in my bonnet about this. The other thing about this is that, you know, is this idea of, of you should want to, you, if you're going to be, if you're going to be a candidate for office, you should be, frustrated at the idea that this guy's saying stuff about me, meaning Zeldin, that's not true. My opponents are saying these things. I want to get, like, put me in, coach. Put me in the guy. I want to be in the game. And if you're the governor of the state of New York, every single day it's people coming up to you, yelling you stuff and asking answers. This is exactly what you should be practicing for. And not that these answers would be that hard. You know, if I if I were you, uh, Kathy, I can call you Kathy, uh, uh, Lieutenant Governor, whatever, Governor Hochul. If I were you, I would say, oh, yeah, Lee, let's do 25 of these. Let's have no moderators. Let's just sit at a table with a camera around us, and let's just talk about the issues. Let people really understand, because that's how important this stuff is. That's what I would do. Your consultants get, oh, it's a terrible idea. What does Wiener know? Yeah, Wiener had to resign and discuss whatever it is. Well, uh, the heck with you. Ask any man on the street, Democrat or Republican. Don't tell them who you're talking about. Do you think candidates should debate when they want your vote? I'd be surprised if you got 5% who said no. So, you know, Rich, I did say when I started doing the show, and I promised John Katsimatidis this, I wasn't the guy who yells and screams anymore. But this, okay. Uh, so that's one of the, <laughs> I got completely thrown off. I write these whole scripts each week. You know, I only do one show a week. So I write these whole interesting things, deep dives into issues. And there I've now just blown the entire first block. But let me do a couple of numbers of the week. I don't know, Rich, do I even have any time in the first block left? Oh, uh, yeah, you got a few minutes. All right, this is. The high-tech, very down-to-the-second world of Rich, the producer. Yeah, yeah, go as long as you want, pal. No one's paying attention. Anyway, okay, so that's all I have to say about that. Let me get on to some of the numbers of the week. The numbers of the week all relate to one issue I want to talk about today. So maybe we'll do the numbers. Here's what we'll do. We'll do the numbers of the week, and then before I get into my riff, I'll go grab a cup of decaf, and uh, we'll go to a break. But um, the first number is 30,000. Actually, these are all numbers. The first number is $30,000. That is the amount that was donated by officials of Veritol Systems Company to Republican officials and party leaders in Florida. Now, that is the company that got the sole-sourced bid, the sole-sourced contract to administer this $12 million unauthorized alien program in Florida. So they gave a bunch of money, and now they're the people that are flying people to Martha's Vineyard and the like. The next number is $90 million. $90 $90 million is the amount of money that Donald Trump's Save America PAC has raised to help candidates all around the country get elected to office, presumably Republicans that he supports. As of today, he has yet to buy a single advertisement with that money. The money's going entirely to his own expenses. And $637 million, that is what was given as a contract for COVID tests to a company called Digital Gadgets by the state of New York, um, to provide COVID tests to the, city, to the state of New York. They donated $330,000 to Kathy Hochul's campaign, her running mate, over the years. So these are three numbers of kind of, I would call them kind of outrageous little 
I don't know, pay, pay to play things, consumer frauds, $30,000 to Republicans, and they get the sole source contract to, to fly people to Martha's Vineyard in Florida. $90 million raising money, say it's going to be for one thing. It turns out it doesn't go for that thing. And now here in New York, $333,000 of campaign donations, and you get a sole source contract for COVID tests, which are wildly inflated in price. Now, these things are bad, but here's the thing about these things. The thing about these things is we know about them. How do we know about them? We know about them because under the laws, the donations were reported. The actions and contracts of government were reported, although in Florida it was a little hard to get the information. Reporters and theoretically voters were able to go and do some research and to draw a conclusion. And for generations, we've kind of had this balance. Let people donate, have some limits on what they can give, and then make it public, make candidates and people report these things. And then we can draw conclusions if we want. So that's what's been going on. But recently, things have changed very, very dramatically. And when we get back from the break, I am going to tell you why. When I finish telling you about how this has changed, whether you're Democrat or Republican, you are going to come to the conclusion, I believe, that things need to change dramatically. I am Anthony Weiner. This is The Middle. I apologize for getting a little bit hot under the collar earlier. I'm calmer now. We're going to go back to the type of show that you're used to here on The Middle. And when we come back on the other side, I'll flesh out why I think you think, you should think, we need public financing of campaigns. WABC. Finding new ways to make change. Reaching across the aisle to work with both sides. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. So welcome back to the middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. Cheap trick bringing us in. They're going to be the artists we're going to use in our bumps here. You know, the funny thing about, about Cheap Trick, arguably, first of all, they're one of those those bands that might be a two-hit or a three-hit wonder. We were talking about that a few weeks ago. We know what one-hit wonders are, but what are two-hit wonders? Arguably, their greatest, they had their one great record live at Budokan. Which all of their, all of those versions of all of their studio songs were arguably the best. Welcome back to the middle every Saturday from two to three. And then coming in, Curtis Lee from three to four. We have a lot to talk about. He has got Eric Adams derangement syndrome and I'm going to try to talk him off the ledge. Also, there was a funny item in the pool report of Joe Biden's visit this week. You know, pool report is when they send one reporter along because they can't send 50 reporters all staking out every place. And the pool reporter's job is to bring as many facts as possible about what the president's doing, and not necessarily commentary, but just every last thing. And in one of the pool reports this week was um, as Joe Biden proceeded in his motorcade uptown, spotted along the side in his notable burgundy beret was Curtis Lee. Like he made the actual pool report. He's become such a fixture in New York. So Curtis and I can be talking at three to four on left versus right. And I'm glad you're along. We are talking a little bit. I started this conversation a little bit late. I don't know if I'm going to fit it all in now because of that unfortunate 
rant, I got a uh, a text from Jordan. Daddy, are you okay? <laughs> He's not because I I don't yell and scream like that much anymore. I think that's a good thing about me, but that, that got me a little bit upset. So we're talking a little bit about campaign contributions. I talk about these three kind of stories of the week, these numbers of the week about kind of scandally kind of things. And I pointed out that we know those things because reporters were able to find them. But what has changed, though, that I don't think many of our listeners may have noticed is that, you know, we always gave money really kind of in three ways that were fairly transparent. One is that I described donations to candidates and parties, and they get reported, whether by the FEC or in the state of New York, the State Board of Elections. Then the second thing are what are called PACs, which is, People who have common interests get together. They all put money in, and then that money is donated. So, for example, a union would have a PAC, um, uh, someone of like interest, the National Rifle Association, or even a company. Like, let's say for a moment that the, all the employees of WABC Radio wanted to get together, and we'd all put in a few dollars, and we would then donate as WABC Radio PAC to, to, uh, to an entity. So that's the second way. And the third way is if you had your own money. Now, you had your own money in 1976 in a court case called Buckley v. Vallejo. The Supreme Court said if you have your own money, you can put in as much as you want without any limits at all. But what all those three have in common is that you can see what's happening. Even when Mike Bloomberg spent $250 million to defeat me and Freddie Ferrer and other people, you know, we saw how much money he was putting in and where it was being spent. If you get a, 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 the union writes a check, you know where it's coming from and where it's going to. Well, what happened is starting in 2010 with a um, with a, a, a court decision called Citizens United, not Citizens, the very good book by um, by our own Sid. Um, it created this new notion that a corporation is a person and therefore corporations could give money. And since corporations aren't individual people, it then made it possible for big corporate contributions to flow in. And the Democrats, my party, completely flipped out because we said, look, we're not the party of big corporations. We're the party of little guys and little corporations don't like what Democrats want to do. We sometimes want to put environmental regulations in and things like that. So Democrats flipped out. We've tried to change it ever since and ever since Republicans have said, no, it's okay." And as we've gone on, the script has been further and further turned on its head because the court has weakened the power of Congress to require donors to report in all kinds of circumstances. So now you can make donations in really in to dark money accounts that no one ever has to disclose who gave the money. And so it gets even worse, but in a weird thing that happened, that now a combination of liberal guys with a bunch of money, the George Soros's of the world, the Jeff Bezos of the world, the Spielbergs of the world, and a bunch of Republicans that have a bunch of money that wanted to stop Donald Trump have now turned the entire script on his head. So in 2020, as best we can tell, because we don't have really good information about all these organizations, but the biggest ones, in 2020, the 15 biggest Democratic organizations gave $1.5 billion to stop Donald Trump. Now, on the other side, there were some of these that supported Trump. 990 million, so about 60% less. And who gave, who are the donors to these things? Nobody knows. Not a few people know. Nobody knows. One organization called the 1630 Fund, and I think it's called that because that's when the city of Boston was settled, collected and distributed $390 million, one organization, to stopping Donald Trump. It's crazy. 
And, you know, just to, to give you an idea, there was $1.5 billion that came in from these dark money organizations to stop Donald Trump. His whole campaign, only his own campaign, meaning Trump for president, only spent $810 million. This is just crazy at this point. Now, so why do I bring this up on this show? Because for years it has been one side, the left, saying, oh, let's get, get, let's, let's stop this. It's ruining democracy. And just so you understand why it's ruining democracy, it's ruining democracy because if you don't know who's paying to support your elected officials, you can't go and reverse engineer to make sure that there is not pay to play going on, to not sure that people don't have undue influence, to not to 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 make sure that government is on the level. And that should matter as much to Republicans as it is to Democrats, particularly given this moment in Republican politics where so many people are like, oh, my God, the left, George Soros and all these things. You know, if you want to stop George Soros, if you want to stop Jeff Bezos, We've got to end this kind of dark money situation. So what is the what is the solution? Before I get into the solution, and I teased it a little bit before we went to the break. And by the way, if you want to get on this conversation, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. But before we get into this, I just want to just make sure we understand. You know, people are like, oh, money is bad in politics because... It's it's corruption and all money means all corruption, whatever. Let's let, I'm going to try to give you my unvarnished opinion, my unvarnished insider experience as someone who raised money, someone who ran campaigns and someone who understands how they work of the things that are real and the things that are not. This idea of pay to play, like I pointed out in Ron DeSantis giving a contract to, to a sole contract to, to fly migrants and Kathy Hochul having the. That is something to be concerned about in the executive branch. Most of Congress, we don't have the ability to write contracts. So it's really not pay to play is not really an issue in the direct sense that it is there. But it is an issue in the following way that that the way you get to go spend some time and chew the year off of an elected official is by paying money to donate to their campaign and going to a fundraiser or saying, can I have a few minutes on the phone with the governor in exchange for my fifty thousand dollar contribution or have the governor call me, I'll I'll tell her that I'll give her the check, that kind of a thing. The second way that it is very pernicious, fundraising and money and who's paying for things and the reason why you want to know is that there are all kinds of obscure provisions of the law that only very few people know and care about but can mean billions of dollars for an individual company. An obscure section of the tax code, a regulatory thing that no one's paying that much attention to, that never in a million years would you hear on one of our top of the hour news reports or read about in the New York Times. But someone who is giving in a whole bunch of money to try to influence what candidate gets elected, they might have an agenda like that that you'll never know about if you don't know who's making those contributions and to who. But uh, but to do donations lead to politicians voting a certain way no it doesn't work out that way because i don't care you know if someone said i'll raise you a million dollars for your race for congress if you change your position on israel not gonna happen my voters won't permit it i would never do it it would be whatever it is i would never it would never happen so that doesn't really happen like the that kind of straight dollars for votes thing doesn't go on you might think it does it might go on in the movies but it really doesn't go but here are two ways 
that it affects you, the citizen, badly that you might not have realized. One, unless you're a very wealthy guy or woman, you have to spend an enormous amount of time as an elected official raising money to run for your run for office, either for re-election or for your next office. Lee Zeldin probably, well, it's getting close to the election, but probably right now Lee Zeldin is sitting in a room somewhere, um, not a pretty room, with a bunch of books, and he has someone outside that room or inside the room dialing four telephones at once trying to get people on the phone so he can ask them for money. It takes an enormous amount of time. Imagine if he was free just to go out and campaign or he was free just to go shake hands or he was free to go talk to people about the solutions to the problems of the city. So the one element of fundraising and don't know how much money is in politics people don't realize is how much time it takes elected officials and candidates that should be focusing on other things. And here's one final thing, and this is apropos of our show here, The Middle. Um, it's divisive. Think about who a Republican is calling up four, five, six hours a day. They're calling up other hardcore Republicans, and they're saying – if you give me $100 or you give me $1,000, I won't bend an inch. I will fight for you until I die. No one is saying, hey, Lee, hey, Anthony, hey, Kathy Hochul, I will give you a contribution if you promise to go compromise and try to meet the middle of the road and try to come up with solutions that maybe I'm not 100% happy with. No one does that. So it winds up the way we fund campaigns with all this money makes it very divisive. So what's the solution? Okay, let's assume for a moment I've gotten you to the point that you say, oh, yeah, money in politics is really bad, that we don't know where it's coming from, that it hurts the the, the politicians that have to raise the money. It's bad on them, that who knows how it's manifesting itself in the laws because we can't see it, and it's hurting my guys. Now you, the the largely conservative audience for this show, although we're all kind of more in the middle if we're listening at this hour, the fact is that someone out there is collecting $1.5 $1.5 billion with a B to undermine Donald Trump. Just the same way someone raised $990 million that we don't know who they are to try to get um, Donald Trump elected. And the answer is, and don't turn off the, the radio, the answer is to publicly finance these campaigns. They say, oh, this is great. We're going to have government taxpayer dollars doing it. Well, government taxpayer dollars are funding this mess that we have right now. You don't think that that, that if Kathy Hochul didn't have to go raise $330,000 from that contractor, she would have overpaid for those COVID tests? You don't think that, that the decisions that are getting made of these obscure sections of the code that are benefiting big corporations or benefiting rich people, you don't think you're paying in that way? So a publicly financed campaign would look like this. We'll give you some money. We're not just going to write you a check, though. You have to show you can go raise money. We want there to be barriers. We want you to see that you have support in your community. Then we want to have, then what we'll, we'll do is we'll give you a match, maybe two, three, four, five to one, for anything you get from your district or from your state. We're going to give you more. There. If you raise money, you have to, and then you have to agree, no money from corporations. You have to agree. And if you do all those things, oh, by the way, getting back to the beginning, and you got to do, agree to do five debates every year, uh, you know, every year if you, if you get this matching funds. And then we're going to give you, and you have to say, if I accept this money, I'm going to limit it. And I'm going to report every single word about who the people are that donated the money. Then we're going to match some. Everyone is going to have the same amount of money if they max out. And and also, if you have someone running against you who's not in the program, who's like a free spender, we'll give you a little extra money to try to catch up. And then all the candidates 
can focus on putting out their positions, working only for the people of the city of New York, focusing on the people in their district, not the people across the country. Will it cost some money? Yeah, it'll cost some money. It will. Our democracy is going to cost a little money. But would I rather it be coming from you, the taxpayer, than coming from George Soros, coming from the Koch brothers, coming from General Electric, coming from a, you know, Amazon, whatever it is? I think the deal would work. And this has traditionally been something that progressives point to. But I got to tell you something. If you had public financing campaigns and complete transparency, I think Donald Trump would have beaten Joe Biden last time. Because <laughs> people don't give $1.5 billion unless they think they need $1.5 billion to win. So when we come back, that's the plan. When we come back, if you want to ask some questions about it, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. If you want to talk about anything else, I'm here for you. Um, this is Anthony Weiner. This is The Middle, and I'll see you on the other side. Talk Radio 77. WABC. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner. 77 WABC. I want you to want me. And welcome back to The Middle. It's Anthony Weiner live at Budokan. This is the middle every Saturday from 2 to 3, right before Curtis Lewa comes in from 3 to 4. Cheap Trick live at Budokan, I don't know, 77, 78? I have no idea when that was. Um, you can always listen to us on the WABCRadio.com app or WABCRadio.com or the Red Apple Podcast Network. All of these become uh, podcasts. So we're talking a little about campaign finance, campaign finance reform. Um, some people are on the board who want to talk about me screaming about Kathy Hochul. All right, I'll take a couple of those, but first let's do a little talk about campaign finance reform because I planned all week to talk about this. And last week, you remember, I had the same situation. I planned on talking about one thing and got sidetracked. Um, and apropos of that, I want to let you in on something. You know, I have this podcast, Keys to the City. We're having some conversation around here about doing a version of The Middle as a podcast in the middle of the week. So even if you listen to the radio show and you don't download it as a podcast, go subscribe to The Middle because we might be dropping some content that are kind of like just because some of these things come up during the middle of the week and we're going to maybe release it as in the form of a podcast, just something we're noodling with. So go ahead to the Red Apple Podcast Network, take a look at that. Plus a lot of the other talent here at ABC also have some amazing podcasts. Okay, let's go to some calls. David and Tenafly, fire away. Welcome to the middle. Yes, hello. Uh, it's interesting, your campaign finance situation, but it, it wouldn't work because there are groups that are aligned with a candidate that are not committed to the candidate and advertise for the candidate. So they would have an unfair advantage of more money uh, and more advertising. And don't forget the Facebook guy. He um, used his influence and gave $350 million to uh, uh, to uh, um change the campaign and uh, get somebody elected or not elected. Right, right. No, David, you're right. And that you, you point out, thank you so much for the call. You point out something that I didn't mention that needed to. If this is going to happen, it would have, since the Supreme Court has ruled the way it, it has, there would have to be a two-step thing that would have to happen. I mean, I'm talking about the, we're talking in the abstract now, but two things would have to happen. One, there would have to be a constitutional amendment saying Congress can regulate spending in elections. 
right now because of Citizens United, Buckley v. Vallejo, and other cases. Basically, the courts have said that Congress doesn't have much of a role. That's why we're in this situation. So part of – and then once they did, what I'm suggesting is what the program would look like. And included in that program would making that kind of spending illegal. So you can't influence campaigns that way. You can't spend on campaigns. Right now, I mean, the fundamentals on why we're in this situation is the court took what I thought was a wrong-headed position that they still hold, saying that people have a right to speech that can't be hindered at all, even if our democracy is harmed by it. Like, you know, we have limitations on speech, and one of the limitations are that people, might, you know, that there's a harming of our democracy. You can have corruption, for example. So, yes, but you're exactly right. It wouldn't be enough just to do that program. You'd have to also put a limit on whether people can do that type of outside spending, which now they can do without any limits. Gary in Florida, go ahead, Gary. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, the other thing that you haven't mentioned, and I'm sure you know being a congressman, is that you have a lot of volunteers. They do a lot of the grunt work, put up posters. And a lot of those volunteers are told to work the campaign by the union leaders. And that's where they come from. And your method would not be stopping that. I remember reading an article once where they said union contributions via volunteers was well into over $500 million. Yeah. No, Gary makes a good point. Gary, you're exactly right. But I am not suggesting that we limit people's political activities. I'm saying that the the money part, yes, it's the same way there there are – parish priests who, uh, uh, or, or heads of churches that go instruct their parishioners, we're going to go support this guy. There are businesses that say, hey, this one candidate is really doing a bad thing for our business. Go out and campaign against them. I'm not saying limit that part. I'm saying that the money element of it. And, yes, unions very much like the present, the, the, the present dynamic. And thanks for calling, Gary. They like the present dynamic because it allows them to outpunch their weight. Union membership is on the decline. Unions are, are, are much weaker than they used to be back in the day, although they're having a good moment right now. They don't mind the present system. So that, so Democrats would give up on the unions. Republicans would, would give up on the, on the, on the corporate, but only the money element of it. Yeah, of course, we want more people to be volunteering and working and all those different types of things. And, and, and I don't think you can ever stop that. That's definitely protected, um, uh, uh, protected speech. Uh, next up is June in Brooklyn. Go ahead, June. Yes, your streaming is very disturbing. Okay, yes, that's the same thing, Mike. That's the same. I'm listening to radio. Radio talk shows for many years. No one ever did that. No one's ever yelled on, on AM radio. No one ever yelled like you did. Well, I I, I apologize, you. I'm talking at a at a modulated level now, and I apologize for offending yeah, your sense. You sense. better apologize. It was horrible. I just did, hear. June. I just did apologize. Do you accept my amends? I accept it, and I hope it doesn't happen again. Thank you, John. I appreciate your call, and keep listening. I promise I'll, I'll yell a lot less next time. Um, next, Chris in Manhattan. Go ahead, Chris. Um, I'm, I'm confused as to why you were saying everything correct about that politicians should debate and Kathy Hochul is wrong to, like, hide. But then you end it with saying, I'm not going to vote for Zeldin. You're saying that without even hearing the debate. Are you just going to vote for somebody because they're a Democrat and the facts don't matter? No, nah, I'm, I'm voting for for Kathy Hochul because I agree with her on the posi- on her issues, on the positions. What are her issues? That she, she's for no cash bail? Oh, you know, for- actually, Chris, you give me a good idea. I just realized I should have I thought of this a long time ago. I will – I'll do it for her. 
She doesn't want to show up. I mean, oh, that's the other thing. Oh, don't get me started. Please, I just promised June that I, I felt sorry. Look, that's the point. I, I, she should beat Zeldin like a rented mule. The guy is pro-life in a state that's three to one pro-choice. He is, he supported, he voted to overturn, to, to, to call into question our votes in New York. You know, by questioning Arizona is to question us, is to throw the whole election up in the air. He's supported by a very unpopular guy, Donald Trump. He is, he is wafer paper, tissue paper thin. Defeating him in a debate, you, Kathy Hochul, you should do it with one arm, one leg, you should hop around the stage, you can, you can beat him in any language. Anyway, yes. Yeah. So anyway, but but in answer to the gentleman's question, I'm not suggesting that I mean th- that it changes the fact that she's better on the issues or not. I'm suggesting that it's outrageous that she's not accepting the debate. Um, next is Max in Manhattan. Max, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, Anthony, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Listen, we were talking about Hochul before, and that you support her, but she supports Alvin Bragg, and Alvin Bragg is the one putting criminals back out in the street. He uh, Bragg. Let's them out on the street after they shot someone, and Hochul supports him. She doesn't get rid of him. So this is who you're supporting. You're supporting Hochul. You said that. Yes, yeah, so because because the people of your borough, Max, voted for voted for him. I believe in democracy. That's that's ridiculous. You know, you're you're playing with words. You're a sophist there. She's supporting Bragg, and Bragg is letting criminals out in the street. So what do you mean? No, you, Ma- you, Max, you, Max, Max, uh, um, Alvin Bragg, love him or hate him, got elected by the people of Manhattan. It's their job to fire him. It's hard. She can do it right now if she wanted to. It, well, she can have an investigation if she wants. It's not as easy as you think. But by the way, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in having a king in New York. I believe that if the people of Manhattan voted for this guy and the accountability is at the po- is at the polling booth. No, you're, you're, you can you're, fire. Max, did you vote for him? No, I didn't. OK, so it, you're, you're the last person that should be weighing in on this. You didn't vote for him to begin with. You didn't like him to begin with. If someone if someone calls in and says I voted for Bragg and I think I was deceived and my rights the only way to have my rights protected is by the governor undoing my vote okay at least they have a position to stand on but this guy's an, an, an elected official you can sometimes bad people or people that we don't think are doing a good job are going to get elected that doesn't mean they get thrown out of office that means they don't get reelected Anthony you're meandering here you could say that you can want to get rid of Hoka but you support her and she supports Bragg no 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 stand by stand by. Yeah. She may have you may right be right that she has in the theoretical, in the abstract, the right to throw out Alvin Bragg. That doesn't mean that I believe she should. I don't believe anyone should. I believe a democratically elected official should not be thrown out because someone thinks they're doing a bad job. They should be thrown out. They do something corrupt or they violate their oath of office. I don't believe you throw someone out for doing a bad job. That's what the voters get to do. The voters have a right here. It's not Kathy's job to Kathy. Now she's my buddy. It's not Governor Hochul's job to overrule the voters. I appreciate it, Max. Anthony, why don't we put these criminals outside your your building shooting on a daily basis and see if you want to keep them around? I, I, I've got some real crime problems outside my home right now. I don't disagree with you, Max, that if you want to have a conversation on whether he's doing a good job or a bad job. But you know what your remedy is in a democracy? No, don't please don't tell me it's a t- I'm taking a tyr- tyranny uh, sort of way here. No, I'm just saying that your remedy as a voter is to vote him out. And that's what but I, I, I appreciate your calling, Max. I just disagree. I disagree with that. But I'm not being put in the position of saying, well, if I was on stage with Lee Zeldin, what would I say? I'm not. Let's keep the focus on Hochul getting into this debate. But uh, 
I don't know. Chris in the Catskills. Uh, Chris, you always bring some good stuff to the table. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, I was in SUNY New Paltz. I saw the unofficial uh, swearing-in ceremony of Congressman Pat Ryan this morning, and I, I told Pat, I know him personally, that he ran one of the best campaigns I've seen. He really did against Mark Molinaro. Um, I was an elected official briefly myself for four years. I'm a very good debater. I love debates. I, I would have wanted my opponents to debate with me five or six times if I could have gotten them to. But you know what I see, unfortunately, now, sometimes these debates, the candidates who the candidates who don't perform well in the debates win, actually. Like the gubernatorial debate, I did not think Kathy Hochul performed the best out of the three candidates. And yet, you know, she won, uh, you know, by more than a landslide in the uh, in the primary. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, and I, I agree, Chris. Thank you. But I, look, I don't think that they are determined. And maybe in big races like for the presidency or something like that. But I'm, a, I'm like you in that. One of the reasons I got into politics, one of the reasons I got into governance is because I believe stuff. And I believe that I, and I, and I voted of ways that reflected my values. I was eager and maybe it's because I was in a fairly conservative district. I had to do it a lot. I was eager to make my case. And I bet you if Kathy Hochul is worth the, is worth her salt, she's probably saying internally, let me go debate this guy in her professional, what do you call it? Say, no, let's just put out, you're up by 15 points. Let's just put on $60 million worth of ads, beating the crap out of this guy. You'll win. And then for four years, you can go out and do whatever you want. I believe that she should stand up in that room with her advisors and say, no, I think that we should be better than that. I think that we should do better than that. Now, is it just Kathy Oakle? No. You know, John DeSantis, this big, vaunted leader of the Republican Party, is running like uh, he's 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 running and hiding just like Fetterman for health reasons is running and hiding in Pennsylvania. It, this is a thing. I'm not saying it's just a New York thing. It's not just a Kathy Hochul thing. I'm just saying I'm just because she's my governor and I and I'm a voter in this state is why I'm so passionate that she's insulting me by doing it this way. When we come back, we have time for for a few more calls. Really appreciate the conversation. I, I've got a little, little sidetracked here. I got lectured by June. I am sorry for raising my voice. I also got another text from Jordan saying, if, you, if I'm going to talk about him getting sent to the principals, don't use his real name. <laughs> I don't even know what he means. Well, on the other side, thanks for joining us on The Middle. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC. And welcome back to the middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. Chief Trick bring us back in with Dream Police, Frank Morano's theme song. Every Saturday from 2 to 3. This is available as a podcast almost as soon as we're off the air. Coming in at 3 o'clock, Curtis Lee and I are going to talk a little bit about vaccines, migrants. It's been a tough couple of weeks for uh, for Mayor Adams. But we're talking a lot about, about Kathy Hochul today and about debates. But I wanted to talk about campaign finance. And, um, and so uh, that's what we're doing. We have time for a few more calls and try to get through as many of them as possible. First, Corey in Westwood. Corey, thank you so much for holding on. Are you still there, Corey? Miss Paulie. Oh, Paulie, I'm sorry, buddy. Go ahead, sir. Uh, I just wanted to ask about, like, conspiracies with politics. Why, why do people run for, to be a politician? 
Are you trying to get a bottom of or that conspiracy? Do, or, or do they want to do good for people? Wow. Or do okay. they want to do good for the people? Well, why don't you get to your point, and then I'll try to rebut it. I'm not really sure where you're going right. with that. If, yeah. if, you, if, you look, if you look at, like, the Clintons, right, the Clintons, how rich they became just becoming so much in power. Have you ever Googled how many people were killed during with Clintons? 27 people have been mysteriously killed involved with the Clintons. Got it. All right. Well, uh, th- there's money. People do get wealthy after they're in office. Some people get into politics that are already very wealthy. I think that's, frankly, a bigger that's – a, that's a big risk as well. Um, next, let's go to Ralph in New Rochelle. Ralph, fire away. Good afternoon, Mr. Weiner. It's a pleasure to talk to you. My pleasure, Ralph. Thank you. Remember, you were talking about people getting voted into office and voting them out of office. Kathy Hochul was not voted into office. She was appointed because Andrew Cuomo had to resign because of the sexual harassment cases that were brought against him, right or wrong. And the other issue is look at the ad she put out against Zeldin about the January 6th, where she states five policemen got killed. Now, nowhere did I see five policemen got killed on January 6th, but yet she throws that lie out. So, you know, on both sides, people are liars. Well, let me, well, Ralph, you, 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 by the way, I mentioned, and one of the, that's the very first thing I said about, about Governor Hochul is her obligations, especially high. To debate because no one knows who she is for because she has now she has nominally stood for re, for election as lieutenant governor but that really didn't matter she went she had one special election yeah there's no doubt about it that's that's on top of it. now that ad if you look closely said led to the death of five and all five family members say that the, their death was contributed to by what happened on 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 January sixth that's in the words of their own families and in the or, you know someone someone had a stroke shortly thereafter they were they were pepper sprayed that day yeah. But um, but yeah, this kind of this is one of the things that would happen in a debate. Someone would say you've been lying about me in these TV commercials, and she would be forced to to um, uh, forced to defend it. Um, uh, next up is um, the whole board went blank for a minute here, so I don't know who's been waiting longest. So let's go to Steve on Long Island. Steve, go ahead. How you doing, Mr. Weiner? Yeah, uh, in reference to Kathy Hochul in a debate. She's playing this game where she's hiding until the election because she doesn't want to be she she doesn't want to be questioned on her position. Right. Like, you know, $637 million no bid contract to a company in New Jersey that doesn't even make COVID test kits. And and we're gonna be charged thirteen dollars as opposed to five dollars each for the test kits. Then she gets a three hundred and thirty thousand dollar, you know, kickback. Look at the money she gave to the Buffalo Bills. Those two gentlemen are worth six billion dollars. So why is she giving him? Yeah, she's going to get a hundred percent. Steve, she's getting some tough questions. Lee Zeldin's going to ask why he wanted to overturn the election, why he supports Donald Trump, but he's why he he supports uh, he doesn't support a woman's right to choose. This is what you need a debate for. But Steve and I agree. I mean, you got to have the debate wherever you come down on it. I'm making a different point. I mean, people want to come on and kind of have the 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 mock debate, and I'm willing. I'm willing to. I'm not. I, you know, again, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm going to vote for Hochul. I'm no, I'm no huge fan. My point is, this is the kind of stuff that comes up in a debate. That's what you want. Let's go to Pete on Staten Island. Pete, you've been waiting a while. Thank you so much for holding. Hi, Anthony. Last time I talked to you was your first show, 
I'm sorry that I haven't been able to call in. I really love your show. Thank you, if Pete. If I can lighten it up a little bit, if it's okay with you. Certainly. I believe you're a Mets fan, right? I'm a Mets fan. Met fan. Well, I hope for the Mets to be in there because I love the Mets, and it's good for New York with the teams, the kids start working in the groceries and stuff. Well, the chase for Aaron Judge, do you think – I'm seeing it a certain way. I'm seeing that they're pitching around him, they're walking him. And I think soon they're going to start aiming at him to get him out of the baddest box like that. Right. And uh, the thing what I wanted to tell you that I heard rumor from good friends of mine that are season ticket holders, because I've been going to games for free that are thousands of dollars worth of tickets. I hear that if he does hit the 61 home runs today or Sunday, he'll be partying at Grimaldi's uh, limelight. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was there last night after the game. And the Maris family moved, came in to celebrate. Well, uh, well, thank you very much, Pete. We're we're bumping up against the top of the hour. Look, I don't. It hasn't looked to me like they're pitching around. Look, he has been. Get, he gets a lot of walks, but they're pitching him leadoff. I mean, these are not games that mean a lot to Pittsburgh. Not games that mean a lot to Boston, except you know, obviously the rivalry. Um, I think he's going to do it. I'm rooting for it. It's how you cannot root for. How can you not root for Aaron Judge? Look, I'm a Met fan. I got to tell you, last night though. The game being on Apple TV and not being able to watch it. I mean, that. what happened to Channel 9 and Channel 11? What happened to those? I'm sounding like one of those guys now. I'm like one of those old guys. I wish it was then. Listen, I really enjoyed the conversation. I apologize again to June on Staten Island. If I lost uh, lost a little, I apologize to Jordan out in Manhattan that I used his real name when I said he went to the principal's office. I'm so grateful that you're along. Stick around. I'll be coming back at the top of the hour with Curtis Lee, a left versus right. I'm so grateful for you. Come back again next week on The Middle. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.